0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Lighthouse. I'm Stephanie, and once again, I'm here with my lovely co host, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Stephanie. And we have our lighthouse keeper, our producer, Jimmy Van, sitting in for this podcast as well. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Steph. Um, and this is going to be a bit of a fun one. Um, we decided today that we're going to talk about some literary confessions. We're, we're feeling confessional, we're feeling like we want to um, fess up to our darkest secrets. Um, and share them with a worldwide audience and also possibly <laughs> and possibly damage our careers. Um, so here goes. So today we're going to talk about some unpopular literary opinions and fess up to not having read books that we perhaps should have read. So I thought I'd start with asking um, the two of you, what's a book you're supposed to love but that you really, really hate? Jimmy
1: and I are sharing um, a, a, a... Gaze at this point. <laughs> um, I'm I'm, I'm going to go for it. Robinson Crusoe. I I just it it is just uh, one of those books that I I love in the sense that it's um, I, I understand that it's satirical. I understand that uh, you know there's a lot of ingenuity involved in creating um, sort of cheeses alone on an island with only a few goats and very little utensils. Mm-hmm. But, my godfather, how many years? How many? Well, I, I actually remember my stomach just um, hitting the floor when I read that, you know, sort of the 14 <laughs> or so years had passed. And that, for me, was just the point at which I really gave up on the whole endeavour, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me.
2: And it felt um, like 14 years, too, really. I,
1: <laughs> it's just about growing corn. <laughs> it is about growing corn um it, it, it is about a, a man who um is, is so resourceful that i could beat him over the head <laughs> <laughs> with some of those things posts that he erects and um i think also the the, the 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 bit that if you get to that very end um when you think that in all um, sort of in all reasonableness we should be putting, drawing a line under that book and, and, and finishing it and instead of that we end up with this wild wolf escapade that uh, as, as far as I can tell feels like it's descended from another planet and leaves me in, in fact if I had have read the wolf incident first I may well have um, had a different uh, response to, um, to, to to Robinson
2: Crusoe, um, and I think the bad thing is, that, you know, because we both taught 108 when Robinson Crusoe was on, and that's why we were forced to read 108. Uh, and I remember one year, Erin came to me uh, afterwards and, said, and she said, "Robinson Crusoe is a horrible, horrible man." <laughs> she says, "You know, he enslaves people, he does terrible things. Why are we reading this book?"
0: <laughs> so this is one of the tutors.
2: <laughs> this is one of the other tutors, and. Uh, And I just go, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I I can understand that it's very important in the history of the novel, and I understand what it's doing politically. I understand how it's engaged in all of these uh, debates around the 18th century, but it is so dull. Stop growing your corn, Robinson, and move on. (laughs) Look, I actually have
1: a theory, because I have some very good friends who love Robinson Crusoe, and I am devoted to them, and in no way do I think that I wouldn't be friends with them based on their love of Robinson Crusoe. Oh, I don't know, I'm maybe a bit harsher than you. <laughs> but, but I still have a sense that you can almost divide people along the lines of personalities and um, who, 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 who love. Robinson Crusoe for that that perseverance, that you know, sort of rolling up your sleeves and just mm-hmm. getting on with things, and and his own you know sort of sense of achievement. Um, because <laughs> let's not forget just how pleased with himself he is
0: over all of these. He um, likes his corn. What can I say? <laughs> Sorry, the whole book is just corn for me. I don't really remember much of it besides
1: corn, goats. Don't yeah.
0: forget the goats. Goats and corn, yeah. and, um, goats, and the goats and corn,
1: and then the country house. Oh, yes. Don't forget the country house, mm-hmm. um, because if you're going to live by yourself on an island, you do want to have a country house and a slave and and
0: and, and a slave. Yeah, <laughs> let's not forget that it's horrendously racist. Yeah. Another really good reason to dislike it.
1: it look, it absolutely <laughs> is. It um, is. It is. It is a, it is a racist um, sort of book, and the fact that uh, there is absolutely no. Self awareness on the part of Robinson Crusoe that perhaps it is a little bit problematic, you know, selling people off at whim, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, is, is, is 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 not is not good. No, it's it's it's, it's not good. Um, and as I say, I just I, I keep finding myself fascinated by the type of person who loves Robinson Crusoe, and then, let's not forget that that includes Virginia Woolf.
0: And I mm. adore Virginia
1: Woolf. I, I adore her. And I, I've i read um, her essay on Robinson Crusoe many times. And, it's, in fact, it's the way I prepare for class because I think... It's, it's more palatable <laughs> than rereading Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I keep thinking um, if Virginia likes it. <laughs> there Virginia must be something it. there.
2: <laughs> well, I always think of um, a different book uh, when you're talking about people who like mm. uh, Robinson Crusoe, and that's The Moonstone because there's a character in the Moonstone, um, the butler Beridge, I think his name is, and he had this quirk. he said, you know whatever and whatever questions you have in your mm. day, the answer can always be found in Robertson Crusoe uh, and and he would give him the demonstration. this is a for example you you ask a question so well let me just randomly flick through a page and he does. And he reads out the first passage and he comes across and goes, there it is. The answer, right there. Does
0: the answer have to do with corn?
2: I <laughs> <laughs> probably don't Eat corn. It Eat everything. corn. Yes. Um, and that's what I always think about. You know, people who love Robinson Crusoe are like betrich yeah. The answers is found there. You just have to randomly flick through a page.
0: I would much rather find all my answers to life in The Moonstone than in <laughs> Robinson Crusoe. The what Moonstone is a great book. I love them. <laughs>
1: Although once again I am finding myself drawn to Robinson Crusoe through Wilkie Collins and, mm. and Virginia Wolf. So I this is this is my way into Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> and any time that I meet resistance in a student, <laughs> this is the way that I respond is, is is through I actually try and channel Virginia or you know, in this instance, I, I'm going to add Wilkie Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I
2: think he was satirising people who <laughs> like Robinson Crusoe, but yes, <laughs> you can draw in Wilkie Collins if necessary. <laughs> but I'm not as generous as you, I had to say.
1: Um, no, no, because no, I'm in, I'm intrigued by how very differently uh, people come to respond to Robinson Crusoe. I mean, I and I I will be honest that the people that I know who love Robinson Crusoe, I'm not surprised
0: that they love Robinson Crusoe. There's so much judgment in this podcast already. I know. I was was just
2: about to mention the name of another tutor who does love Robinson Crusoe, but I think I was Let's not
1: slander the innocent. (laughs) Um, And I, I actually don't think the world can cope um, and I don't think the world can move forward without people who love Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> I, I really believe that the world needs people who love <laughs> Robinson Crusoe, and it's
0: just not us. <laughs> it takes all time. It,
1: it also it equally needs those who who can't um who can't bear it, but I, I do think um that it, it rather than sort of think about uh, you know sort of culling people who fall on one side or the other. Fence. Um, the, it, it's much more um, productive to think about the way we work together to create, you know, sort of a much more livable,
2: liveable... <laughs> <laughs> livable world. That's That's an much interesting more choice of <laughs> word. because let's face it,
1: Robinson Crusoe left to
0: himself. <laughs> my godfather. I am never going to share an island with him. I, there are very few people that I would want to share an island with. Let's be honest here. <laughs> well, I my book. I was going to mention a book that you're supposed to love, but you hate, Heart of Darkness, oh, Joseph Conrad.
1: Oh, there's a little bit of an intake of air there.
0: I know. Oh. I just find it so... First of all, I find it really dull. I don't care about any character in the book. And usually I can cope with not liking characters, but I just don't care. And also I find it horrendously racist that all of these African people are used as the backdrop for this white man's journey to find himself like it it just i there's been that that critique has been made obviously um by a lot of people and i completely concur that it is racist i just it's the kind of book that i know is supposed to be it's it's a classic it's supposed to be very good for you everyone's supposed to have read it it's just i hate it i'd never want to read it again i just oh it's just the kind of book that rubbed up against me so but, but so, it is very
2: short.
0: It is very short, and that is the <laughs> which the one, you can say about
2: Robinson Crusoe. <laughs>
0: that is the one thing I will say about Heart of Darkness. It, it is blessedly short, <laughs> mercifully short. But I will never read it again.
1: Oh, I'm, 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 still reeling. I, I I'll I'll you. I you. No, no. And I think the reason is is because I completely agree that um, there is that you know really problematic uh, that uh, element of of the fact that there's not a single. African character, mm-hmm. you know, there's no effort to sort of represent a, 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 a sort of the, the the psyche of an African character on a par with, you know, sort of Conrad or um, uh, with Marlow mm. or with um, Kurtz. There, 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 there's there's sort of a, 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 an instrumental in, instrumentalization, mm-hmm. I guess, of of that. Um, y- of those uh I'm thinking about the character who shovels the, the 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 keeps the furnace burning and you know sort of that hellish and I think even reference to um dogs I th- I think falls into that description um of of that african character there um and and yet I I guess that I'm always there's so much ambivalence in that novel that I I think that um even with acknowledging the fact that there are no dimensional african characters or you know sort of dimensional
0: um
1: women characters for that matter um i I'm, i i always feel as though there's a sort of an underlying thread that is asking us to or that it, or or that allows us to see that in it um and and i guess also because i think some of the language for me is so Beautiful, you know that opening description of the Thames, um, and and I, I think because I have a love of image of writers who can produce images, um, and, and in some sense I guess Heart of Darkness is imagistic, so you know it works almost through a sort of series of images, and I guess that 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 sort of means that. Although I can completely concur with the, the sort of the problematics of it, I can still sort of love it and and have moments where even though with you know years of teaching it, I can still sort of discover passages that will um, sort of cast me into a a, 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 a sort of a, a one of those sort of moments where you're. Um, in the thrall of a text
0: that was a very able defence of Heart of Darkness <laughs> and yes. you tried very hard
2: <laughs> you failed
0: but I still hate it I'm sorry Michelle this is the one difference of opinion that we've had in all of our years of knowing each other look all of the what, books what, what that we loved
2: Apocalypse Now
0: I love the film Apocalypse Now
2: does not, not redeem
0: it, yeah, but that's state? because it's a really good film. The book is still boring. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jimmy. Are you going to defend the book too? I'm not going to defend the, the book. Am I the fish that um, swims no, alone? No, no, no. Look,
2: I mean, I, I'm ambivalent about the book because on the one hand, I really appreciate it and I think it's a, it's a really well-written book. But on the other hand, the ideas behind it are so bleak. Um, it doesn't <laughs> really respond, you know, correspond with my own worldviews. Uh, and when I read books like that, it takes me a while to recover. I mean, I just had a class yesterday and a student... Brought up uh, Lolita, mm. and the minute she brought up Lolita, all I could think about was Lolita, mm. um, and it's another book that I'm ambivalent about because I think, oh, do I like this book or do I hate this book? But it disturbs me on so many levels, um, and I think Half of Darkness* does the same thing. It it, it disturbs mm. me, uh, and so I can't quite say that I love it, but I can say that I think uh, I think it's a. a do you know? Piece. I, I'm
1: going to confess. and mm. um, You know, I, we we did in uh, a spirit of literary confessions. That is our theme. Mm. Uh, I love Nabokov. Mm -hmm. I've read, I love his lectures. I love Pale Fire. You know, Pale Fire is just, um, I return to Pale Fire, I I find it. So um, it's just endless Mm -hmm. in its fascination for me. I own Lolita. Yes. I have read the first few pages (laughs) at least... Um, probably over the last twenty years that I've owned Lolita, I've read the first few pages every couple of years and I can't read it. I can't read it. I actually can't read it. I can't. I actually, love I, can't. I
0: love Lolita. So I'm I'm going we have a full spectrum of opinions yes. here on Lolita because I think it's one of the greatest novels ever written. Really?
1: Yeah. Can you talk because I the reason I can't read it is because my response to it, it is so visceral. I, I can't mm-hmm. get past I can't get past it. Me too. It.
2: I I was forced to get past it because so I had to do it yeah. uh, in a master's unit. That's the idea I, I don't know. I, I think
0: know. well, for me it's I mean, like I completely agree that the, the subject matter is, is very upsetting and very bleak and there's and there's things there that I didn't I I can't say I enjoyed the process of reading it in terms mm. of, you know, it, it didn't make me happy to read it. But it's just so beautifully written.
2: It is. And it's I, a real masterpiece. That's that's yeah. the troubling part for me because, you know, I mean, I've only read it once and yet that first line is still you know, mm. ingrained into my head you know, lolita life my life five my loins lolita ur. yeah <laughs> and I, I even know. now i get, I, I get yeah, this uh, you know, that's, shivers that's, that run up my spine when i yeah when I, think I mean of it. i
0: think it is an interesting reading experience because it's on on the one hand so objectionable in mm. its in what's actually happening on a content level but on the other hand in terms of form and in terms mm. of style it's just brilliant it's a yeah. it's a masterpiece and and, and like, I understand people's ambivalence, and I completely understand not wanting to read it. Yes. Just for me, I actually it was, want to
1: read it, but yeah. I I can't because mm-hmm. my response to it is 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 so strong that every time I go to read it, and and say Michelle, um, you know, you're a forty-something-year-old woman, you can sit down <laughs> and 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 put yourself through an experience because you don't have to enjoy the things that you read. And I've yeah. been, I mean. Robinson Crusoe, case in point. <laughs> I, I have the self. This discipline. is going to be a Robinson yeah, Crusoe yeah, yeah. You know, I, massacre. I, I, no, no, no. But I've had this, the discipline to read mm. Robinson Crusoe from beginning to end. I didn't skip a page, which I think I know is in itself um, admirable. Uh, you get some kind of award for
0: that. sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so it,
1: it's it's but it's on a more profound level with Lolita that I I can't bring myself. I, I can't. I, I, I mean, is I it guess because I you have little girls. Look, I think the very first time I tried to read it was probably before I had children. Oh. Mm. Um, you know, because obviously Lolita, mm. yes. anyone who's ever had any interest in literature knows Lolita from a very young age, mm. and I certainly bought it intending to read it. Mm. I mean, I can even remember the second-hand bookshop in D-Y I bought it from. <laughs> um, in long my history, with this. I've had a long history, and it's not a big book. No, but no. I can't read it. I, I just, I mean, I guess I don't know if I can. But I don't think I can because I've tried mm. so many times over so many yeah. years
2: I mean, to do it. It's a highly complex book in that it doesn't present um, a very one-sided view. You know, that the characters are so complex and so mm. troublingly complex. Mm. I mean, even, even the character of Lolita herself. Uh, you know, there are things that are said about her that I think, you know, oh, I don't really, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't, I don't know what, <laughs> yeah. what I want to do with that information. And there's one image in particular that I think I needed to take a shower afterwards. Because I just went, oh, God, I feel so contaminated and violated by it. But, you know, you're absolutely right. The language is so beautiful that you don't quite know what to do with this text. I mean, at least I certainly didn't know what to do with this particular text.
1: Look, and I actually... In in some sense, I've read lots of transgressive literature, you know, and and I don't know whether it's the... um, I'm thinking in terms of... I, I actually... Feel that literature needs to move into zones that are difficult. Mm, so, yeah. so it's not even on a because it's definitely not on a moral point that I won't read it. It's not. It's not a moral stance. Oh, I don't believe in you know sort of mm. reading about pedophilia. It's not that at all because you know I've read other books with lots of troubling um, storylines and 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 transgressive and violent behaviour, but I. Uh, for whatever reason, I, I I just... It's whether or not the, the little girl in me is still too <laughs> strongly present that she can't she can't w- work through that. Mm. Maybe it's because she's a little girl and a lot of the transgressive literature that I've read has either been, um, you know, sort of men or, um, I guess, um, sort of adult. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I've... Oh.
2: <laughs> Well, I'm not quite sure how we got into Lolita, because that wasn't actually my confessional text. Yeah, what was your confessional text? <laughs> my confessional text, text is actually um, one that I loathe almost completely, probably maybe even more so than Robinson Crusoe. Oh, I know, hell. Uh And it's one that was highly recommended, and I was so looking forward to reading it, and then when I read it, I thought, hmm. Uh, and it's The Life of Pi by oh,
0: I haven't read that yet, but it from the from the movie trailers, <laughs> um, <laughs> it just looks so lame. Anyway, go on, sorry. No, I
2: mean, look, it, it won the Man Booker Prize, you know, it was you know, well regarded, and, and I thought, oh, this must be wonderful. And I started it, and the first chapter was sort of promising, and then it ended on a challenge, in a way. I mean, I, I'm not sure whether it intended to be a challenge, but I read it as a challenge. Uh, it ended with a, a particular... Phrase that the storyteller in the novel claims. He says, "I'm going to tell you a story that will prove the existence of God." And when someone makes such a bold claim in literature, it's a lot to
0: live up to, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. I thought I
2: went, "Oh, wow!" Mm. (laughs) I was like, "I would love to see this this claim, you know, um, see how it works out." Mm. And then by the end of the novel, I thought I went, "Hmm, no." You have failed. <laughs> you have failed quite miserably. Um, in fact, if you hadn't made that claim, the novel might have been actually even better uh, without the claim, because what it shows uh, isn't really the existence of God. I mean, I, I think you know, it's quite possible that you could do it in a novel, but I'm not quite sure that this is the right setting for it. Mm. Uh, but what it does show is um, human resilience and, and the power of the imagination which I don't quite associate with ideas of you know, God mm. as such. Uh, and so I thought, you know, look, it's it's an interesting novel in that sense, but that claim just ruined everything for me. Because I'm reading through the entire novel thinking, where's God? Where's God? Where, when am I going to see I'm God I'm sure now? he's here. <laughs> he's here somewhere. Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> and then by the end, I thought, hmm. Okay. Do you
1: because know, I've read The Life of Pi, mm-hmm. and obviously that line didn't um, stick for me, oh. which... It, it, retrospectively, now that I'm going back over it, I, I think if I'd actually sort of taken half a note or, or read that part mm. and and considered that as, as, a, as a sort of a, a a way that shaped my reading of everything to come, because mm. um, I, I wouldn't say that I, I, I loved it, I wouldn't say I hated it, mm. um, but I, I think that if I'd sort of really held on to that line, I would have found it a lot more problematic. Because funnily enough, I'm not really mad on allegorical stories, mm. that, that in itself mm. is, is, a, is a genre that, it, it for whatever reason, it, it doesn't naturally I, appeal to I me. like
2: allegorical story when it's um, sort of subtly or um, sort of implied allegory, mm. whereas this one's so mm. overtly yeah. allegorical and wants to be allegorical that I found a very, uh, almost, I hate to use the word because it's, it's not quite a... Uh, academic word to use but lame yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not something I just said it looked lame know. in the, in the <laughs> well, that's, trailer that's so true, maybe that's yeah. why it's stuck in my head yeah. thanks Steph.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think once again because I find that images and um, I, I, images in writers who can produce really fierce images on the page will always probably sway me to, to you know I may not love the whole endeavor of the book but i, I mean i can actually still see the island mm. you know and that for me was probably um and the fact that i ignored the allegory because i don't i mean i know that you have to understand the allegory mm. but at the same time because i don't like allegories because unlike metaphor where you sort of have a new meaning mm. sort of coming into being where something that you you end up with a much more nuanced understanding of something and understanding something in a way that hasn't um been expressed before i always find that reading one thing in terms of another is too much of a a sort of a train track and i don't i don't like um i don't like that sort of um really um rigid understanding or reading of things and you see i think if i'd rested on that line i might have got my back up too because yeah. I, I think then it becomes much more problematic in that understanding of the tiger. Yeah, because I mean, well,
2: that, that's the part. I mean, I watched the movie too because um, uh, my housemates are mad Ang Lee fans uh, who had to go see the film. And I told him, look, I have major issues with this story. And I went to the movie thinking maybe they would have picked up on this issue and removed that line too. But they, the line appeared again in the film. You know, it was uh, before they told the story. And uh, the guy said, you know, I'm going to tell you a story that would prove the existence of guys. I went, oh... <laughs> Why? So do you, do you
1: think that because I mean, to me, that's a very uh, sort of almost an anti. It, it's an almost an anti. It's it's the one anti-literature thing that you can do is 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 to sort of say that you know th-
0: th- this book has a, a sort of a, a moral
2: hmm. stance. Yeah.
0: Um. Do you well, know this what book I mean? is used to like this story isn't a story in and of itself; it's a story to prove a point.
2: Yeah.
1: But yeah, and and yet it's it's fascinating that it won such accolades mm. from literary readers, mm. and I wonder if it was in that sort of because I always find it uh, now I'm going to say naive um and and sort of problematic mm. to uh, and and troubling to, to prove a religion through a book yeah. and, but and the only thing I'm thinking and because I didn't read it with that in mind is is there room for, I guess, the subversion of that
2: God?
0: Yeah, is he, su- is he it's, being facetious? I mean,
2: I, d- I did think of that. What do you think? But because of the way he described it, I, th- I think, personally, I think the character actually believes it, which right. is the, the troubling part. I think the character actually believes, um, because at the end of the story he tells um, you know, what really happened and then the allegorical or the you know, more fantastical version. Um, which is the, the version that we heard throughout uh, the entire novel. Uh, and you're is meant it, to yeah. favour the fantastical, magical version because the, the real version is just awful. Mm. Um, and you, you know, nobody really wants to read a story like that. But by the end of it, I thought I went, you know what? I mean, it just it wasn't effective because I think what you've shown there is the hu- um, human's ability to overcome trauma <clears throat> with literature in a way with the power of the imagination
0: which is a very secular vision yeah it's not at all re- necessarily religious yeah yeah except that i wonder if the god you know can operate as
1: as a sort of a, a metaphor for transcendence because you know like there there are, there is a sort of that movement in literature where you know um how how do we move beyond if everything is material and everything is explained through um, you know, sort of conditions through mm. the, the 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 psyche through um, influences and forces that are ultimately measurable, you know. Mm. So, I mean, if God is, you know, like I say, a, I don't know, a, a, a monotheistic God with, you know, sort of Christian Judaism, um, you know, Islam or, or whatever, um, that's one thing. But if God in this And I mean, there's so many um, precedents for God not being God. God is dead, God is this, you know, God Mm. is that. Is God in that moment a a, a, a sort of a a metaphor for the idea of something beyond a transcendence as a a sort of an essential aspect of of the human Mm. um, condition that Mm. is being, um, I guess, in, in, in some sense, excised? through, a you know, sort of a, a, an, a, a refusal um, to understand anything except in terms of, you know, sort of sort of historical materialism.
2: Yeah, I mean, I th- there are some... Look, the novel itself, I think, if it wasn't for that one line, I wouldn't have had so much of an issue with. But it's just that one line that's sort of disturbing throughout the entire... Mm. Uh, and, and because I, I read it with that line in mind, it just... Uh, it coloured the way I I read the text completely and I saw the religious allegories and I saw the the religious imagery Um, but by the end of it um, I think where it really failed me was that I actually wasn't moved by his story Um, I I wanted to be moved by it because it seemed like such a traumatic story and such a a story about uh, human endeavours but I just sort of went I actually don't care that the tiger left (laughs) 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 <laughs> you
0: know, <I> just... <laughs> well, we've established already that Jimmy has a heart of stone. Uh, yes, that's <laughs> so heart
2: of darkness. <laughs> he ha-
0: yes, you are the heart of darkness, Jimmy. <laughs> but I
1: actually do think that that is one of the effects of allegory: is that it, it often removes the, that that sort of affective mm. um, response. Because you know, it, it, well, do, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like that. that well, sort I remember of allegory even, as, as form. Well, even sort of, finding
0: you know, out as a child that that the Chronicles of Narnia or the the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe oh, yeah, was an allegory for for Jesus that distanced me from the book. No, yeah. Fortunately, I didn't find that out until
1: somebody gave me the screw tape <laughs> letters in in high school. Because if I'd known that any earlier, yeah. You know, I don't know I'd have coped.
0: <laughs> I know. I was like, I, I really felt for, for Aslan, and, and then all of a sudden I found out that it was something that it wasn't. <laughs> and I remember reading it betrayal, in, a, in a book. It's a betrayal, isn't it? Yeah, I remember reading about that in a book, and I thought, oh, God, of course it's about Jesus. But then I thought, oh, that ruins it <laughs> for me. It just yeah. it takes away the emotion of that moment. It, it, but it actually takes away the magic. Yeah. And the magic was the whole, yeah. you know, sort of the the the, the, the central crisis of that. I Um, think that we might too have like a a, a resistance to being preached at. mm. You know, an allegory is often, not necessarily, but it often has a kind of moral didactic kind of drive to it. And I didn't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to be preached at. I don't want to have to think about these things necessarily when I'm reading. I just want to I want to arrive. Yeah, I want to arrive there by myself.
1: Manipulation. I mean, novels are always, in in some sense, we we, it's not that we're pretending that they're neutral because they never are. But there are very different ways in which to sort of arrive at. And I guess I just prefer being manipulated,
0: as opposed
1: (laughs) to you know told.
0: Yeah, that's right. Subtly manipulate me, please. (laughs) Don't hit me over the head with a hammer. Yeah, (laughs) because I'm going to resist you all the way. Yeah, that's (laughs) right.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I I'm going to admit that, and I guess um it, it's probably not, it, it's probably not so shocking to in, in anyone here. But I I, I didn't really like <laughs> Saint Augustine's Confessions. I don't know. Look,
0: I'm... Saint Augustine's Confessions, that perennial favorite of everybody. <laughs> I, I love the aspects of it. Like I I
1: loved discovering just how badly behaved students were.
0: Over um, <laughs> a, a thousand I, years ago. Yeah,
1: like you think we got a tough teaching in mm. university? These days? No, there is absolutely no comparison. We don't have people walking in and out, you know, not stopping their conversations just because they happen to be in our classroom. I mean, w- w- honestly.
2: But you t- didn't have mobile phones back then. <laughs> no, <laughs> but
1: it's look, true. The, the mobile phone just doesn't compare to, you know, sort of students actively. Um, oh, you know. N- not
2: our students, but let's just say that I teach at a different uh, institution <laughs> as well. And if you have. But you don't those... get
1: heckled. Jimmy, have you ever been heckled? I've never been heckled. Not that we're wanting to um, be
2: heckled, but I, I, I've no, been, we... I, I've been Snapchatted
0: <laughs> by a student.
2: By a student, yeah.
0: Ooh, this is, oh, this is yeah. this is this is turning into other confessions. <laughs> I know, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: tutorial confessions. Maybe that should be a different podcast. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: So, so Saint Augustine's Confessions, not the book for you. No, look,
1: I and the thing
0: is um, that
1: I've I've really diligently sort of ploughed my way through most of it. And, and, and most of it. I got to the bit about the sponge. I'm, I'm, I, I loved that. I thought this is a fantastic way of um, um, sort of considering. I mean, I don't think I'd ever thought of, you know, sort of God and religion. And, and I like discovering about the Manichaeans, sort of, um, you know, just how prevalent those Manichaeans were. I mean, they were a really <laughs> sort of dominant force, and they certainly had, had Augustine in their sway for some time. Mm. Um, but I, I will admit that despite being very close to the end, Um, I just never quite got there I didn't Um, get there either, I'm sorry uh, Yeah, I was hoping somebody and look, while we're talking about endings I keep waiting, Jimmy, for years I've been asking you to read Crime and Punishment, Dostoevsky because I hated the ending I haven't read it
0: Uh, Here's another confession I I
2: I got 150 pages into it and then I got distracted by other things but I found it so difficult to keep up with all the Russian names.
1: Raskolnikov uh, Yeah, I,
2: I got, uh, and that's part of the problem. I couldn't pronounce the Russian name, so it made it even more. T- I mean, names have always been, yeah, the, the, the bane of my life. Uh, I Are can't. Think names through...
1: difficult too. Yeah, yeah, know. I find
2: names very difficult to remember uh, for whatever reason. So it's utterly humiliating in class when I always get students' names the lines of
1: Shakespeare. I don't understand I can, that. I don't. Understand
2: but that. for some reason, names and numbers, maybe anything starting with N, eludes uh, me. I just sort of. Uh, and then we add Russian spelling to that. I thought it went, okay, now you're just you know playing in a completely different you know, field here, and I have no idea what's going on. Um, but it, you know, it was so bleak, Michelle. It was just so yeah, I it like, one bad thing it. after so another the happened. Not
1: bleak, and so you may love. <laughs> I'm not so you want more alert. bleakness. I needed more bleakness at that end. I, it I, is
0: called Crime and Punishment. That yes. suggests a certain level of bleakness.
1: Yeah, but you never carried <laughs> all the way through to the bitter end and, and sort of the end had a sort of a redemptive um, sort of salvational sort of moment and I need somebody to, to talk to me about it because I, I need to know whether I can sort of read into that some sort of... Deference to the time, or you know, I, I just, I just, I just need somebody to. And I, I was, I guess, I was hoping that <laughs> that would um, be me. Well, how many years have we had? I've been waiting a oh, long time. It hasn't time. been that long. It's been about two years. Oh, it's maybe. more than that, Jimmy. It's three. Really, I'll give you three it, years. It, look, I, I think did. it was four years ago that I asked Jimmy to read *Crime and Punishment* for me, so we could have that conversation <laughs> about the end. I, I thought you were the going
2: end. to bring up *Armadale*, to be yeah. honest, but... <laughs> but
0: that's a book we well, love. Yeah. But, well, well, I well Jimmy, we Jimmy, you two will love it. <laughs> just, or up. maybe you won't. and, and then. We'll but that's a come. book, Armandale by Wilkie Collins is a book that Michelle has been um, oh, suggesting that we read for quite some time. And, and so Jimmy and I have it on our um, <laughs> increasingly insane to be read piles, but haven't got around to it yet. But allegedly we're going to love it.
2: Well, look, I mean, I've, I've read, again, the first 150 pages, but 150 pages seem to be my, oh. my lot in life now. Um, Jimmy and only
0: reads 150 pages of books and then stops.
2: It's true. Um, <laughs> White Teeth is another one about 150 pages. So I got into that one. I loved oh, White I Teeth. Love do Look,
1: you see, I, I, I think, Zadie Smith, I think her prose doesn't grab me. Oh, really? Yeah. She really works to me. <laughs> I, I know, don't know this, why.
0: Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was in your top 10. She was in my, my top books of, of 2016. I love what she does, but yeah.
1: the prose, it just, mm. it just leaves me on the outside. I think
2: mm. maybe that's the problem. Um, I read you know 150 pages and I thought, I'm just, I'm just not getting getting into this book. And it was recommended to me by a friend who is notorious for not finishing any books. <laughs> she literally has a and she a, finished one and she finished my teeth. Yeah, she had a, a, a whole bookshelf with bookmarks. She needs to buy a, book, a new bookmark every time she buys a book because she never finishes, and the bookmarks is, in, is in so. It was a, it
0: was a really yeah. It was
2: a monumental achievement. She said, yeah. "This is a book I absolutely love, and it's one of the first or one of the few books I've actually finished." And I thought, "Oh, it must be terrific." And I got 150 pages, and went, "Oh dear God." If this is the type of book she finishes. Maybe that's why she doesn't finish all the other type of books.
0: I'm going to defend Zadie Smith. I think she's smart. I think she's great. I love her books. Um, I haven't. I've, I've. I've had different reactions to all of them, but I've always enjoyed them. I haven't enjoyed them all to the same extent, but um, I really loved On Beauty, for example. Um, but uh, yeah, I just she get I get her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some writers just. Yeah, yeah. Click. It's a yeah. clicking process. Can I? Can it? I use the remaining? We we only have a, yeah, a, a yeah, yeah. about five minutes left, and I have to mention my utter hatred of Jonathan Franzen, because oh, otherwise yes. I won't. I won't feel like I have. I have confessed. Yeah, It's confessed. really
1: important to be honest, isn't it?
0: I really cannot stand his writing. <laughs> I find. I mean. Look, I am all for reading books about, you know, rich people with problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I have enjoyed many, many books in that milieu before, and I am really into that generally. But when I read his books, I think about his characters. You you don't have any problems. You're just making them up. <laughs> I don't care about you. You are very privileged and whiny and I wish you would shut up, and I actually don't think bird watching is that interesting <laughs> um, and there is a big strand in freedom, um which I'm not sure why I read, but I did um about bird watching about it, how like morally superior a hobby it is, and I just find him painful, and also i I really can't stand his public persona like he comes out and says some horrendous things in the press, and so whenever I see him, I'm filled with this inarticulate rage, and I think, read a better book, people. <laughs> Read a better book.
1: You know, I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to tip my hat at you right now mm-hmm. because I actually think that um, first of all, it's really difficult to find the the, the, the the sort of the courage to talk about you know sort of contemporary fiction mm-hmm. um, so boldly, and <laughs> I also think that it's really interesting the degree to which you know sort of that that public persona and the the, the, the writer. You know it, 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 there is something um there is a relationship there whether you want mm. it or not mm. um and i i feel as though um yeah i, I think I, I think i'm with you cause yeah I, it's I've just so abrasive <laughs> so i've never um because what i tend to do or what i tend to do is you know you you'll google them to see whether you want them and yeah. it's, it's just been one of those books that I feel like I, I need to read authors that I need to read and so I'll get a little bit and then I'll think no I actually prefer to say um by Anne Carson because I yeah. love Anne Carson you know mm. or it, because if I'm going to make that that sort of purchase um I I, I want to feel you know, some sort of Joy Williams, for example. Yes, right? I've yeah, just
0: yeah. I've just been reading Joy Williams, and I have really loved her. Um, so yes, life is too short for Jonathan Franzen. Let mm. that be a lesson to everybody. Um, I don't. Jimmy's suspiciously silent, so I suspect well, no, he I hasn't have, read any Jonathan no, Franzen. No, I haven't read any. Keep that up. Yeah no, <laughs> yeah,
2: no. but you did remind me of a book that um, I, I feel I do have to get off my chest because uh, I, this actually, is what we're here for. Actually, yeah. Um, I probably hate this book more than I hated Life of Pi. Now that they, they come wow, to think nice. of it, uh, and it's. Uh, Lovely bones, by Alice oh, I
1: never—that's oh. another book that I never read. It was just
2: so detestable, and for what a reason? I always seem to read these books when I'm on holiday, <laughs> uh, and I should have learned by now. know, I never seem to read an enjoyable book when I go on holiday, and this is one of the ones. I think I was in um, Alice Springs, you know, going to see Air's Rock, or *Beautiful*, and then at night time I'm reading oh. this horrific story about a you know child murder in, in a really graphic and horrible way. Uh, and how the murderer essentially gets away with it.
0: Uh, what bothered me about that book, though, is that it's so sentimental. Yeah. But not in, like, a way that I found organic to the situation. Hmm. It's just, like, syrupy. Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and it was just, I, I think the content was so repugnant to me that um, by the time I finished it, I again, I felt like I was covered in filth or something like that, and I thought, oh, I really just hate this book. And it was another really highly regarded book that was well-recommended
1: mm. yeah. I have to have some books when I go away, um, and because I actually read Crime and Punishment last time I went to <laughs> Algeria, forty-two degree heat, reading Crime and Punishment—the only way to read it, I tell you—in a small room. I, I, you know, I kid you not. If you want to have a full experience of Crime and Punishment, <laughs> I lock think yourself I want in a to sauna. Full to be <laughs> lock yourself in a sauna and, and read it there. Um, but yeah, you know that you have to be so careful about the books that you take away with you.
0: What I have a fear of is taking the wrong book on an aeroplane because that's just, I mean, there's no escape. You you can't (laughs) get off and find something else. So my my go-to aeroplane books are these crime books by Tana French, who is an Irish crime writer, and I'm really starting to panic because she's only got one book that I haven't read, (laughs) and I assume I'm going to have more than one plane flight in my future, so I'm not actually sure I can do it. Like, do I just... Read the next book when I go on my next plane trip, and then just give up on travel for the rest of my life. Like, well, I, I Ag- really need something here. I find
2: Agatha Christie safe. You know, that's if, true. If, if I want something quick, um, I mean, there's so many novels that she's written. Yeah, that's true. So uh, maybe I me, should do that. Yeah, after. I just grab an Agatha Christie and, you know, one plane trip and probably finish you know, a yeah. novel. And it's just, it's a wonderful read.
0: Yeah. So yeah, just for some reason, Tana French is my plane. Read and she writes these. She's a crime writer. She writes these really kind of gripping crime novels. Some of them are a little bit far fetched, but like <laughs> not in a way that where I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's just that afterwards I think, oh god, would that actually happen? Probably not. Well,
2: well, um, the, well the other one because Michelle and I went to um, uh, the um, Sydney Writers' Festival. um is Ian Rankin, who mm-hmm. sounded very interesting.
0: I've it? never read any Ian Rankin. Maybe no. that should
2: be the next one. To try. Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah, I need something for my second plane trip. Look, some point in the future uh, Yeah, I think that's I think that
1: was definitely Well, What about Donna Leon? Never read her either Oh, well there you go And you'd love that because
0: uh, they're all set in Venice That would be nice it, it's, I'll add know, them to my list Yeah, layers. yeah, yeah
1: Try, try or, Donna or, Leon
2: Or Reginald Hill
0: Oh, that's true Alright, that seems to be all we have time for today That was so fun that I'm going to propose that we continue this discussion and have a second Literary Confessions talk because I think that we really do have a lot of Emotions that we need to process. I Am I right? I need
2: to get off my chest.
1: Ah, uh, look, you know, I didn't even begin to confess.
0: Oh, I know. I feel like, I feel like there is. <laughs> Haven't even gotten to the good stuff yet. No, I know.
2: There's still a lot of shame. To, so <laughs> let's let's different. rename this
0: literary confessions part one, and we will be back for part two at some under, unspecified point in the future. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Steph. Um and this has been another episode of From the Lighthouse. Uh if you could rate and review us on iTunes, that would be fantastic. Tell your friends to listen, tell your family to listen. Um, we would love more listeners and please send any feedback through either through iTunes or through our website at fromthelighthouse.org. Uh we'll see you again in 2 weeks. Bye.